You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey everybody, Jacob Daniel here. Another episode of the Daniel 3 Podcast. Uh, this is episode 63. Um, Andrew from Popular Liberty and Andrew Christpilled on on Twitter uh, joined me again to kind of continue. Uh, this is kind of like the third part in our little series of uh, conversation about what Christian love is. Um, sort of the differences that it has from the more maybe secular uh, use of, of that word. And so I'm going to go into different biblical texts and stuff and um you know kind of the tone of this is sort of like you know so for one andrew from popular liberty is somebody who you know some uh in our spaces have a little bit of pushback to um some of that's because of his political uh strategy being to work within the gop and you know he's definitely more of a hoppian style libertarian wanting to promote sort of a separation at the local level. Um, but I find that, you know, when we sit down and have conversations with one another, that there is there is a lot beneath the surface that is motivating him that isn't really seen when people just react to him on Twitter. But, but rather, I, I find that there's a lot of areas that I can agree with Andrew, at least on, on principle, and even sometimes often on on application and and even when we disagree i can you know we can usually sort of split the baby or we kind of work to maybe try to rescue the baby from the bathwater in terms of what some of his ideas are but what we're trying to do is you know promote decentralization and we're trying to promote uh local sovereignty and um instead of violence being the natural outcome of you know these ongoing culture wars um you know peaceful separation is kind of the only alternative to that. Um, so, but then on top of that, what, what then is our, our duty still to our fellow man? And, you know, we are our brother's keeper after all. So there's a lot there. And, you know, Andrew is a good person to sort of bounce ideas off of because we, we, we have a lot in common, but then we also have some important differences that allow for, you know, that's kind of where productive conversation can really, uh, can really come about is when you have at least you know a common enough foundation with somebody but then a divergence and it allows uh that iron sharpening iron process to take place so um this was really good conversation 
uh, with 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 both Andrews. Andrew from Christ Build is is also always a great um, contributing uh, agent in these conversations as well because um, he he's kind of similar to me in in temperament and and probably he's a bit more philosophically placed in between the two of us. So he he sometimes kind of uh, acts as a de facto moderator in these discussions. So um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with uh, Good and Evil Andrew, as we call them. Good evening, everybody. Jacob Daniel here. This is the Daniel Three Podcast. Um, so we're back with uh, Andrew and Andrew. Um, you know, of course, popular Andrew uh, being being the evil one. So we mm-hmm. refer to the evil Andrew uh, for the for the rest of the episode just to keep things straight. Um, actually, no. Uh, uh, good Andrew's last name is straight. Um, so you know, there, there's some there's some fun puns there that we could we could uh we could make but you know Let's go right back to middle school Let's right yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's the first thing i said to you when you uh friend requested me on facebook i was just like your last name is gay bro <laughs> yeah probably it might have been sure enough <laughs> so i'm sure you've gotten that a lot but yeah. um but yeah so um you know this is i think i think this is the third time um that that we've uh i've had andrew uh from popular liberty on the show and um, this will be our second conversation that's kind of an ongoing unpacking about uh, what 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 is Christian love? What does the Bible say about, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, what separates Christian love and, and godly love from the, the world's conception of love? And and we're going to go a little bit deeper into it tonight as well, I think, and explore some of the implications of that. And, you know, um, as far as how we go from Christian love to uh, morality and and you know kind of where uh, the secular uh, uh, the secular fall 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 short I guess so um, I just know, want I think- to point out before we start that you know like good Andrew has the no step on snake uh, flag in the background and I have like the, the portrait of Saint Michael stepping on the original serpent you know pulling a Derek Chauvin on him the evil one. That, that is such a depends funny on what contrast. snake you're stepping on. I'm fine right. with stepping right. on Satan. Fine with that. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're taking a knee on his head or you're putting your spear through the back of his head. That's based. Exactly. <laughs> I will say, like, I know. Uh, I can't that's breathe. Very, yeah, um, that's the point. <laughs> w- w- one of the uh, one of the Catholic, uh, like, some of the things sometimes like Protestants get really triggered with, like, the um, the way the ways in which uh, Catholics will will really. Uh, 
hold Mary up on like a pedestal and stuff. But I've always yeah. liked the whole thing of like Mary stepping on the snake because it, it's just like the that, that contrast, especially. <laughs> Just like it's like you know the because because Catholics like will will mm -hmm. portray Mary as like you know the you know the perpetual virginity and the being very uh, you know highly yeah. virtuous and very like um, immaculate and stuff and and then it's just like and then she's just like you know fuck this snake <laughs> stepping on it so I don't know it's, it's, it's kind of cool um, yeah. so um, so I think you know. There's a lot of ways that we could start this out. I guess maybe the the best way we could do it uh, would be to to, to punt over to uh, Evil Andrew because you've been. Uh, I feel like I don't know if it's five different arguments or if it's just one continuous argument that you've been having with Ace over the past two weeks. That five, I, he's been. It's a multiple different, but they all have the same exact source. Yeah, source exactly. disagreement. And uh, that's that, you know, I think he uh, he's denying causality that his idea is that, you know, moral first principles do not necessarily and actions taken based on them do not necessarily have, uh, you know, uh, moral outcomes. And I'm like, no, that's that's breaking cause that's breaking causality. Yeah, because uh, anyway. But that, yeah, that, that's like the set that one of several central disagreements. We also disagree on, you know, how property rights work, how we get there. And we agree on most of the conclusions, you know, yeah, which is kind of a coincidence. But the uh, but the how we actually get there and how it actually works are very different. And because well, I'm coming from the idea that, hey, God has the first cause. You know, God is love, so love is the first cause of the universe. <laughs> so, okay, so any ideas that, uh, so any moral system that should be, you know, me it should be metaphysically derived from God, and the or should be derived from the the these uh this behavior of love, this selfless love that we see, right. in, you know, in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, it's they are all reciprocating this, you know, agape love. So, you know, what does this actually look like as a system for human behavior, and how and uh, how do we design a laws based around this? And so, one of the things I I do very quickly as well. Okay, love requires an actor that requires a person. You know, you know, basically. So that per, and that it must be freely chosen. Therefore, I get to self ownership. Like so, it's like I'm not starting with uh you know self-ownership i'm starting with love and then working and i get to to self-ownership very quickly as a as a requirement no yeah so. i think that makes sense and I, another way that i've often you know try to conceptualize this because i feel like uh, you know secular people and especially sometimes in in libertarianism there's been attempts to try to come to a, a sort of you know um morality without um, appealing to God, and you know, I think Hoppe with argumentation ethics makes a decent attempt at this. But but even then, I think where a lot of these fall short is that they don't realize that, that they're making like a couple presuppositions. Like they're presupposing, uh, and and the presuppositions they have are things that come from our worldview, right? Like they're entirely like, presupposing morality, yeah, you know, Christian well, morality, which is strange to me. Well, but they're, they're pre but they don't, but they, they don't presume our ethics, which is very different. Morality and ethics are technically two different things. Ethics means interpersonal, whereas morality is just individual. Well, they're, they're also presupposing our moral language, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're like the ideas of good and evil and mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. And it's like you know, 
and I've talked to uh, to, to to Reed um, on his show about this, Reed Coverdale, and I'm like, you know, it, it's just funny that that we come from different um, you know sources for this, but for some reason, I can't quite understand on you know atheism or naturalism why uh, pedophilia would not just be something that would have the same outrage that maybe somebody uh, who you know like parked where they weren't supposed to and got a parking ticket you know what i mean it's like it's like why why is one you know like a, oh this was a, a small infringement on on you know breaking contract or, or or violating property rights or whatever and you get a slap on the wrist and the other one uh we make you know a bunch of jokes about throwing them into wood chippers it's like so which which you know i i concur with but it's like where does that moral outrage come from on uh on on atheism or naturalism and i i don't feel like and, and i love reed but i don't feel like he's ever given me a good answer for answer for that other than just like i think he said something along the lines of he's like well i don't you know need religion to be morally outraged at that and it's like well you don't need to believe in it but i don't know i kind of feel like like you know there's something informing that that outrage but i think beyond the moral language i think that uh people are presupposing that the universe has a consistency to it and they're also i think presupposing the laws of reason and logic as 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 being valuable you know what i mean it's like well the uh you know, they're, they're, this is kind of what Aristotle talked about a lot. That hey, the, the problem with uh, you know assuming the you know the atheist naturalist point of view is that you get a uh, basically an infinite regression, and you, and the laws of causality break down because you need a first cause for for a lot for all of logic to work. Therefore, metaphysically, you must say that there there is a first cause to the universe, and the universe itself cannot be infinite. Which, by the way, the you know science has empirically confirmed. Though you know this this thing is has a, a very finite age, mm -hmm. and you know this is this is not an infinite universe. So, uh, so uh, you know effectively, you know there you know they can't argue that the uh, universe is infinite, and so you know even right there. You know, it's like you, you have to ask, well, okay, well, what was the first cause of creation? And, you know, I mean, granted, we exist. This, the, you know, this universe that we have definitely had, had a uh, starting point. What caused it? And what was that first cause? You know, and, you know Christians immediately say God and uh, your know, atheists have to say, I don't know. And the problem that you get from that is that, well, now you, you've, you've based your, all of your, uh, you know, ideas about about morality on a metaphysics that you have no basis for <laughs> you know the, yeah. you have a uh, you have a complete you know you have a completely broke uh broken and non-functional metaphysics to say nothing of your epistemology epistemology means how it's true metaphysics is the, the logic of the universe well and, and i remember um like two instrumental the uh, i guess like you know christian mm -hmm. philosophers that um that, that that really helped me and when i was kind of like putting together you know my, my beliefs and stuff were c.s lewis and william lane mm -hmm. craig um but they were both relying on a lot of uh you know things that that are very you know pre prevalent uh, and deep in catholicism and from from catholic oh yeah uh philosophers but like the idea is that like um the well so with uh william lane craig he will make the argument basically for the first cause, like he'll make, there's like the Kalam cosmological argument. And then there's also just 
um, you know, kind of like the, the, the Aquinas argument for the, for the unmoved mover. And then he's like, so once you get to the idea of God, then there's a natural, like logical following from that for why if God exists, he would be good and he would be loving. And he, you know, and it's like, if you were to presuppose God and then try to put it as well, God is evil. Well, it actually wouldn't follow from an evil God that the universe shapes out the way that it does right now. And, yeah. um, and, and C.S. Lewis does this as well in, in a lot of his writings, mm-hmm. but especially in uh, a lot of the stuff you'll find in mere Christianity. Where because again, he, you're breaking yeah. causality there. That if there's an evil God, this, you know, however it's evil, the first cause of the universe is going to have a different effects. You know, it's like yeah, no matter what, this law of causality always goes back to a loving God of Christianity, and mm-hmm. there's no way around it. You know that that you can always say that the you know the first cause of the universe was effectively love, and because this is the product, the force of production, this is the force of life. That and this is you know I, I made the uh, the archotropism argument for God, the uh, you know like a little while a little while ago kind of as a joke, but it's like oh if shit actually that works. <laughs> Because what you know, if, if you can say that hey, cause cause and effect are only distinct across time, you know, and you know, God God theoretically is outside of time, and he's like the first mover. Uh, the, it's not theoretical; he is outside of time. Yeah. So the uh, so what you can say is that okay, well, what what is the uh, you know, you can take one look at life, and you can and you can see very quickly that you know what the essential function of life is to it is a struggle against entropy a struggle against chaos to apply order inward keep order in and keep chaos out and the better that and so life is constantly trying to uh you know evolve this this you know, if you're taking a theory of evolution that you know at point of view to try to disprove god this like completely destroys you because if, if let's say you're taking an evolutionary point of view where life is trying to uh, you know build itself up in order to resist uh, in order to resist uh, what you would call it uh, chaos, well the problem you get you get there is that now you now it's not simply true that you know axiomatically true that hum, that humans act using means at, you know across time in order to achieve ends. It's also axiomatically true that that uh, life takes this point that, that takes does the exact same thing where it uses, you know, means, uh, you know, at means across time to achieve the ends of, you know, more order in, you know, more and chaos out. And so what you get is that, you know, even down to the cellular level, life itself is trying to apply order using force. Yeah, you know, it's, it's trying to achieve order using force. And, you know, that and that is the. Uh, so what you can say from that is okay. Well, now we've entered game theory. So what? So now that you've entered game theory, you can say okay. Well, you know the individual, you know game. This is a competitive. Get this is obviously a competitive game. You know as you know. So what? So uh, what do you want? Uh, uh, you know first immediately. Well, what you'd want is more is better teammates, <laughs> bigger, better, stronger, more teammates. And so you get to a naturally immediately you get to a cooperative gameplay. Now, what what's the best kind of cooperative strategy? Well, tribal, you know, tribal love, basically, <laughs> where you where you end up with, OK, my family, my team, my tribe, we, you know, we are, you know, we are going to be productive to each other and competitive to everybody else. And doing this, we can actually you know, have, you know, the best kind of team building exercise uh, mentality where we, you know, love again is productive, you know, fruits of the spirit. So love is naturally productive. So it's, it's actually producing good things to get like value for value. You trade it and it creates more value. 
And it's the same exact uh, thing that's underlying the universe. So what you get now is that, okay, so Darwin's razor is actually Christian's love. So that, you know, the uh, so yeah. actual natural selection itself, you know, is, is predicated on praxeology. And from praxeology, I can get really quickly to, okay, so love is actually the, you know, the best kind of cooperative gameplay strategy. The, the, right. Not just any kind of love. The Catholic version, the, okay, the Christian version. The Christian love. version, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, but, but the well, vast majority of... Protestants and Catholics don't really disagree on that. No. So it's like, theoretically, we don't. Yeah, theoretically, we don't. So Except for the fringe Protestants. I mean... Yeah. Uh, the ortho yeah Fr frenchies definitely but uh orthodox are a little different on you know how that works you know they have they, they have a different kind of definition i'm still Dude, i still cannot to... figure out orthodox christianity because every single one oh, i talk great. to explains <laughs> it to me differently mm -hmm. and so i'm just like i i, I don't got a clue <laughs> well yeah the thing the thing i've discovered about about orthodox christianity is that it it's not right by itself you you kind of have to take orthodox theology um and and examine it under the lens of either catholicism or protestantism either one will do but once you do like you get a very holistic view of what christianity should be i think i think all all, all three major christian sects have have some 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 degree of, of truth in them um and, and different emphases yeah, yeah they emphasize different things and and I realize that there's some fundamental differences between yeah. all of them that made them split in the first place, but that's not what Christ wanted us to do. He didn't want us to, to be split and divided like that. I think he wanted us to actually come together and, and, and hash these things out. And yeah, yeah but he, so. he did give us a, you know, which I think will end up being the, uh, the resolution to you know, all of the schisms is that he gave us a really good, uh, you know, uh, method for figuring out which one was which is that you know you will know a tree by its fruits yeah so you will know how how you know which one is good by the fruits it produces and yeah. so eventually and again you know love is you know the first cause of the of the universe we can prove that darwin's razor is you know is you know the Chris, the christian idea of love you know therefore we, you know and because cause and effect only differ across time i can prove that the cause of life itself you know is you know christian love right so anyway, that you know what I can get to from there is that okay, well, you know, how is this going to play out? Well, whichever uh, of the uh, religions figures out how to, you know, you know, act on this concept of Christian love best is going to be the one that succeeds, and the ones who don't are necessarily going to kind of fall by the wayside because anything that's not love is sin. Sin is anti-productive or unproductive, and so you're yeah, actively destructive. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, yeah, that's, that's yeah, I got yeah. You. counterproductive or you know, destru or self-destructive, and so this is and this is like kind of the underlying force for why the Catholic Church never seems to, uh, you know, it, it never like it, you know, we, we've had all kinds of bad popes, all kinds of bad magisteriums, never sticks, and the the reason being is that our our incentive structure is designed to kind of take advantage of this uh this you know idea of of Christian love. And that it's an it's a ideological monarchy, not a hereditary monarchy. And so what so what you have is uh you know hey the the bishops come up through the church, and then but they're all appointed by the pope, and the pope decides which one is are going to be cardinals and elected to the college of cardinals, and the college of cardinals is where we you know they they select the next pope when they die, and then the pope you know in turn selects.
selects them. So in other words, the Pope is always going to be selecting someone who's ideologically kind of in tune with him, uh, you know, as a as members of the next pool who are going to be uh, who are who are going to be uh, you know eligible to become Pope. Now the key here is that you know w- whenever you have an ideology that doesn't work and you have people who are in spread out throughout the world, they're all trying different things. Some things work, some things don't. And so the things that don't work necessarily are unproductive. You're not going to produce people who, who are actually going to make it, you know, to the top, you know, to make that it to uh, to meet that selection criteria. So they're naturally going to. So if they're trying like liberalism and all that, which, by the way, this is not the first time that, you know, we've ha- we've had liberalism. The, we've had that before and it sucks every time we try it. Never works. Always. It's always self-destructive. What, what ends up happening is that, you know, hey, the, the, the more you adopt this self-destructive element, you know, the less, the less your, idea, your ideas are going to be represented in the next few generations. So if you're in the, uh, you know, if you're basically like trannies or something like that, you're never going to get represented. So like the Methodists are done. Quick, quick, <laughs> quick question, because um, I'm actually just not familiar with, with the history that you're talking about. I'm not saying you're mm-hmm. wrong, but. When, when before the enlightenment when was the last time liberalism was tried in the world oh yeah uh, you had like an had it in a big time in rome you had it a few times you had it in the uh end of the uh middle ages in the in like venice and you had you had oh, republics okay. spread all throughout and anytime you have a republic you have liberalism okay. and yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you know, liberal, it, yeah yeah republics are the instantiation of liberalism and it honestly never like if like if you were to read like if you were to take the proper nouns off of places and people and just mm-hmm. read like things that were written as current events 2000 years ago in Rome yeah. compared to things written today like there's there's a very eerie amount of similarity there um oh, i mean yeah. we're literally going through the same breakdown in culture that 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 happened in Rome mm-hmm. um which led to increased authoritarianism which led to you know a lot of bad shit <laughs> oh yeah and so. uh but yeah so, so the uh and you can also you can actually you can even go back to like the book of judges you know what happened repeatedly <laughs> and the the uh you know every time they like try to really focus on the self and you know be, go all naturalism and we don't really need god anymore we're gonna you know see other people how did that work out for them yeah <laughs> and so it literally does not work no matter what every time we try liberalism you know which is predicated on naturalism it never works and it's always you know self-destructive and counterproductive and always ends with you know the the most uh fervent adherence getting so yeah you know, they i would argue the but, then, but then but then the old testament was like after judges they go into this like um hereditary monarchism which which also is is largely yeah. unsuccessful um and, and you know so for opposite reasons yes <laughs> so it's like you know um you know r- radical individualism separate from god you know ha- has its failed end and and this hereditary monarchism has its failed end and you know basically we're left with either you know anarcho capitalism or you know this you know what what you're proposing which is this like arc, you know based in archotropism this you know kind of like uh, Still a private, private society. Private, yeah, private statecraft, which to me, the difference between the two is, you know, it's, yeah, it's almost like framing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It I mean, really, if, you had, if, really, you had an, if you had an ANCAP 
community and, and, a, and a private law society right next to each other, they get along just fine. Well, and it really irritates me how so many people get so autistic about terms that they are like, it's like, I don't like, listen, like there are already with before, you know, like, like Andrew's ideas and stuff, there were like five different things that basically all described the same sort of private law society. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. some people like the word capitalism and some people don't like the word capitalism. I'm just like, you know, it's just, you know, capitalism now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, uh, I, well, but yeah, and it, yeah. So the but idea that, that, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, like, Hey, every time we've tried this, it doesn't work. And so if you're, uh, so no matter what liberals are always self-destructive this is why i'm so white-pilled about our current situations that liberals are always self-destructive like literally yeah. if we could just take the education system they're all dead in, a, in, in like two they, decades you know even what I mean? if we don't they tear them they tear their own selves apart i mean they, you, you look at what's going on right now mm-hmm. they can't they can't decide which which oppressed minority has has the you know um priority over another you know they're, they're just they're tearing themselves apart over, over who's more oppressed mm-hmm so uh, yeah as like and the uh you know for them it's always a, ma- a mad power grab which is you know the opposite of love it doesn't right. work and it's always counterproductive so the so you know they you know they they never ever win this is this is the uh you know it's like the whole game of reality is rigged against yeah, them it's I, like I you they either... never win that cuz because they kind of do sometimes but they they don't win permanently it's always short lived yeah. it's always short lived and by yeah, the way they're it's always, you know, kind of, C.S. Lewis made this point too. Their winning is always predicated on the right because evil is yeah. a parasite. Yeah, so the left it, cannot exist without the right. It's just, a, it's just the thing I'm concerned about is how much damage they do while while they're winning. You know. Yeah. Like take take the Soviet Union as Soviet Union as an example. You know, perfect perfect communist society, fifty million people or more killed. You know, in, in oh, yeah. eighty some well, years. Well, the way, but I think the way to win, which is something that that i think we would all agree on is that you have to reshape the the government and society to be something that is almost entirely based upon competency because mm-hmm. these people would not be right like these people would not be able to have the competency uh necessary to to get their way to the mm-hmm. top of these sort of hierarchical governments that that we are all kind of in favor of mm-hmm. so like they would not have like right now the problem is what we have now is almost the opposite like it's like the worst people the least qualified people kind of like get their get are, are able to get in there and get power yeah. right yeah so yeah. The, the more the more you have um systems of government that that match natural hierarchies the the less yeah. uh incompetent weak and when i say weak i don't just mean like like physically weak, I mean like morally weak people get in charge of these of these systems of power. Mm-hmm. That's why I really like the idea of a corporation is that it's actually mirrors cr- the idea of Christian love in a you know in a kind of self serving sort of way. This is like our the major invention that where you know humans figured out how to decentralize Christian love and to where I don't actually have to know you. All I have to know is the price, which is like your proof of work. And so you have proof of work on all three sides of the corporation. There's just the shareholders who had to have proof of work in order to buy the shares in the first place. And, you know, and then there's the management who had the proof of work in order to sell stuff to the customers and make profit for the, uh, and make profit for the shareholders and the customers themselves who had to trade, uh, you know, a, you know, they had to have proof of work in order to have goods and services to trade with said corporation, namely money. 
And so when you have that, you, you have it on all three sides where all three sides are set, trying to say, okay, I have to do more for you than you're doing for me. And what does that look like? That's, that's selfless love. You know, it's like, I'm putting your, your good ahead of mine. Value for value. is compensating value. for something. Huh? <laughs> I said, I think the beard is compensating for something. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that, no so, comment. Yeah, when you have, you don't the, have to comment uh, on that. Yeah, basically the, uh, you know, the, like these these corporations, they they mimic the idea of, of Christian love, and so the so what you ha so this is why I advocate, hey, we need a government that looks like this, uh, is is that this is actually what mirrors the, uh, you know, Christian love. So so you know, it's not I'm not promising utopia. I'm just saying, okay, it's this is probably going to work a lot better. The, uh, yeah. than what then the alternatives and we've tried all the alternatives for six thousand years they yeah. don't work and, and using using that that corporation type government mm -hmm. you know so to speak um I, I i could see how that how your your ideas about about monarchy could could even play along with that because if you look at actual corporations right now a lot of times you have one person leading leading the company from their youth until they're just incapable of leading it anymore you know yeah, well, it's and, and basically I, a lifetime appointment. What, what really yeah. bothers me? If you look me. at like, uh, well, Elon Musk, Musk today, you know, he has some proof of work. He bought himself some Twitter stock, and you know, hey, hopefully we can get King Elon as a, as a CEO soon. And so <laughs> hey, uh, if, if all he is is king of king of Twitter, I'm happy with it. Let's let's, let's go. He can be king of Twitter. Yeah, resurrect all the dead Twitter people. accounts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Donald Trump that first. Bring us Trump and, back. Yeah, I'm gonna need to know. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be like the. It'll be like the end of Matthew when all the all the dead rise and are yeah. in the streets again in <laughs> Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, and we can get the, uh, you know, but have Nick Fuentes as head of trust and safety mm. <laughs> or head of censorship. <laughs> of who oh, gets gosh. censored? That'd be wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> we, wait, um, if, we, if if we do that, can we block Hillary Clinton? Oh, please. we have to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the the uh, so yeah, if we. Uh, you know, have stuff like this where, you know, hey, the government works this way. Well, okay, well, what happens if you have a monarcho-capitalist and an anarcho-capitalist society right next to each other? Well, because you said my property, my rules, what you just did was you told all of the competent reptiles that, you know, they can have basically unlimited power, make any rules that they want without no, with any, no constitutional limits as long as they're in charge. So what they're going to do is, you know, form up these corporations with whatever like work that they can, whatever uh, resources they have, they'll get together with other elites they trust and slowly but surely they will consolidate all of the land and all of the territory. <laughs> and well, so, natu right now, so naturally, you know? so naturally anarcho-capitalism ends with monarcho-capitalism, monarcho no matter what. Well, and, and, what, and to me, this is self-evident if anyone's ever been in, in business and, and like really understands like the, <laughs> The problem with some people, so one of the more, like, I guess, Lalbert takes people will have is they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'm a I'm an anarcho-capitalist, but I'm all right with, you know, voluntary socialism and worker co-ops and stuff. And, you know, and it's kind of and it's like, and so, so listen, like, you know, on one hand, yes, it doesn't violate the NAP. So who cares? But on the other hand, it's like that's actually not what really like there's a reason those models are not don't work. They don't work. Yeah, like they they don't happen very often in the marketplace because anyone who's ever been in business, it's like imagine trying to run a business with more than five people where there's not any one person in charge and everybody has to collectively decide on every decision that has to be made. 
-hmm. it doesn't work like it just it's such an inefficient and and sloppy way to try to get things done and actually like successful businesses have a a a hierarchical model that that put people in positions where they are the, the the most efficient and you know there's no reason to think that in a you know private law society that you know government isn't going to be subject to those same market forces like yeah, you know what exactly. i mean so which i which i think really which i think is basically what you've been saying for months but the problem is people are just like triggered because you're afraid i think the real reason yeah. is that you're framing it in in catholicism and christianity and people are just consistent. <laughs> logically consistent the only way I right. think the, the other problem who you people could get have, there from Protestantism, though you could. Yeah, it's a little more difficult, I, but you I have. We'll have. We'll <laughs> yeah, think, well, the problem know. is then th- th- there would be fifty different versions of archotropism that would be fighting with each other. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah. what Protestants do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the other the other problem people have with with Andrew is is that the conclusions that you come to are what really trigger them, right? Oh like, yeah. You, you, you can use whatever words you want and you and Ace can argue back and forth all day long. And it's like, in the end, like we all kind of agree on, on the general concepts that we're talking about. It's when you go and say, it's be, it's because of these concepts that I'm choosing um, monarcho capitalism and you versus Ace, who is like, I think he's just a general anarchist. I don't think he's on one side or the other. I, I'm not quite sure, but like you guys are, are coming to completely strange. different conclusions, you know, and that's that's where where people really have a problem one way or the other. I mean, he's like the, uh, the like the ultra autistic side, you know, where it's like you know like the cult of Kinsella. Yeah, basically, that's like the Kinsella types are very different than the Rothbardians, and they're mm-hmm. very different from the Hoppians. They are their own little thing. I mean, they're kind of out there with the Randians, uh, who right. are not who are not ancaps, they're minarchists, but you know, they're like out there. <laughs> and you know that they, they have their own you know thing where you know th- like they interpret all of this very differently and it's like, like it's like people who follow sterner or something i'm, I'm like y- y'all got some weird beliefs like i, I get yeah. the appeal of sterner sometimes but mm, they're like nope. the, I, they're like the jw's of anarchism is yeah the, the way i see <laughs> them you know that they, they, they are out there and so you know when i you know when i you know when i'm arguing with him it's like I understand like instinctively, like I'm not arguing with like a normal Rothbardian or something like that, who are a lot more like mainstream and they've actually thought this, this stuff through and they understand that, oh, actually, you know, moral consequences do follow from moral first principles and they understand. And this is why they, they make such different, uh, outlooks on how things should work. Like, you know, like I had one, uh, argument with Ace a while back where he was like, Oh no, 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 the, the homeless guy actually owns the child's park because he's pitched his tent there. And that's, you know, Lockean first principles or whatever. Yeah, no. <laughs> and you know, this is actually the morally consistent way that, that you know, we, we should let the homeless person own that property. I'm like, this is retarded. Yeah. Well, and, no. and this is I was I was thinking and about this like today. a Rothbard would be like, no, you know, we're we're, we're that, that's for the kids and the homeless, but then the bomb has gotta leave. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this today. Like this that that same line of argumentation can get you to this place where um, uh, mutualism, right? Where one of the things mutualists believe is that is that like squatters have legitimate claim on yeah. on property, right? And it's He's like, fucked, yeah, that's like no, like uh, if if I even if I have an extra house and I'm not using that house currently, that doesn't give you a right to go 
and just like take it from me. That's literal yeah. theft. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like no, something. One thing the anarchists do say that, that I I do kind of agree with is that our um, our rights end where our ability to actually secure those rights begins. So like if 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 I have two houses and I don't have any guns, I don't have security, anything like that to try to defend that second house, then can I really claim the right to that second house without some external force enforcing that claim, i.e. the state? I mean, I, I get their line the of thinking of there, but go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, like where's the proof of work? You right. know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, but, you know, power is basically a permissionless protocol. And so like, you know, I don't need to get your permission to actually do stuff to you. And yeah. so <laughs> it's like, is it fucked up? Yeah. Does it work? Yeah. And, and the, uh, and the question, it really becomes, okay, well, uh, you know, in what sense? Well, by the way, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, dude, but yeah, you'd be sorry. so proud of me. I finally blocked that uh, black mutualist guy, whoever, whoever oh, he I blocked is. Him a like, long time ago. <laughs> He's I, way I, too lefty. He, he was he was like cordial with me for the longest time, and then he just like flipped a switch and, and went off the deep end with me. So I blocked him. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I've been getting a whole bunch of good blocks today, but I blocked him a long time ago. Like the, uh, he had some atheist remark to me and, and like, I can be nice to atheists. I'm, you know, and, uh, you know, like Jose Gallison and Reed Coverdell, these guys are yeah, great. There's some cool and, atheists out there. I mean, let's yeah, just they're, they're atheists, but not assholes about it. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And if you're an asshole about it. Like uh, you're gone. And, and they have the same, they do the same thing about us. Like we're, we're Christians, but we're not asshole Christians. So that's why they're yeah. friends with us. Just yeah. moral of the story is don't be a, an asshole. <laughs> exactly. But if you, you know, if you are going to be uh, like saying, okay, I have this right, you know, but it's like, that's, that's cute. Now face the wall. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you really have the right? Okay, if, in what sense you actually have something, you know, it's almost like they have this, you know, the, the, it's like the cancel cult, this, you know, their rights are, you know, wh where they put their intellectual property. Yeah. Like they actually don't exist. <laughs> and so the, uh, you know, it's, it's, I find that so ironic. They don't believe in intellectual property because, you know, it's like, that's just an idea in your head. Well, so are your rights, basically. <laughs> and so yeah, it's unless like, you can defend them. I mean, it's like, well, I remember, uh, I remember when I first um, started to get to know Jose and we had to talk about Sterner. And that's kind of something that, uh, that uh, Sterner talked about, which was kind of like, you know, rights are just like kind of a fart in the wind without any kind of power to yeah. like actualize them or enforce them. You know what I mean? It's like you can say, you know, I have these rights, but it's like, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's, it's action and, you know, some sort of the, power to. Oh, well, that uh, means. Yeah, pretty much. I can't and read the, it. Uh, oh, can't is it backwards? It, oh, well. I get the idea, though. Yeah. You know, it, it's, the, it's the same thing where, you know, where it's, it's like, but if we don't use the government, how are we going to, if we use the government to take people, uh, I mean, to, uh, to against our enemies, how are we going to stop our enemies from using it against us? And like, they're in like a firing line. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like that Stone Toss comic is, the, is like the best. I, you know, I have it complete. I've saved on my phone. I'm never going to delete it because uh, it's so useful. But the idea is like, okay, you and you can get here from Christian love that, hey, love requires choice what is and so the more choice you're able to make the more uh, the more you're able to love well what do we call that we call that power because that's the power to make decisions so this is where you get to the idea that a loving god is necessarily an all loving god and a perfectly loving god is necessarily an all powerful god mm -hmm. and so the idea that hey christians should seek power yes because power purifies love and 
it's you know power is a purification thing it doesn't let it it doesn't change you it doesn't corrupt you it's like you're already corrupt and it purifies that corruption at, or you are already loving and it pure purifies that love and you and so the the idea that power is just like some some natural evil is like just that's just wrong no it's that you know god is all powerful i think it depends, on, I think it depends on what kind of power we're talking about because i, I think power again there, power that's gained through like the, the natural power yeah, that you, you have for, through like um being at the top of your respective hierarchy you know i agree with with you on that uh yeah, merit basically. yeah through merit exactly like yeah, power, you know, the quote unquote power that, that they get through our current, you know, uh, socialized democratic republic or whatever you want to call it. You know, I definitely like I definitely think, yeah, like I definitely have some issues with Christians who would try to use that um, because I feel like there's there's only, you know, at least at the federal level, there, there's just there's nothing like mm -hmm. like it's, it, you know, that's where the whole analogy of just trying to use the ring of power for good rings true but the problem is like that's the federal government when you try to equate the federal government with the state governments and the state governments with localities and stuff then it's like well then then the metaphor kind of falls apart because yeah like not all not all statism is the same and it's kind of nah. autistic to equate it and then it's like people like if, we're, if we're talking and if we're talking about decentralization like listen yeah i mean you know the hypothetical mm -hmm. question would you if you could end the hit a button and end the state tomorrow, would you? It's like, well, yes, but that's a dumb hypothetical. Like, we're not going to like if we ever get to a society where the state ceases to exist, there might not be a day where it's like, oh, and up until this point in history, we had states, and then after this day in history, we didn't. Like, no, there'll probably, if we get to that point, there's going to be some kind of natural evolution over time. Where yeah. we go from the current systems of, of government, these nation states that we have now, and evolve them into things that are, you know, more in keeping with our principles. But it's it's not going to be this, this like, you know, this overnight and even, change. And even if they did, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what, well, what happens when you get anarchy? You know, like 400 years later, you're like, give unto us a king who will fight our battles and be yes. our judge. <laughs> A lot of anarchists lose sight of the fact that if, if, if we if we press a button in the state right now, the first thing that's going to happen is that every, every evil intent of every person's heart is going to come out the next day, right? And we're going to have absolute chaos. Like yeah. there's going to be more, more murder, more rape, more everything, more violations of the NAP than, have, than there were with a state, unfortunately. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I agree uh, with that entirely. I mean, because I, I feel... Do. I'll add to it. Yeah, let, let, let me bolster the point before you respond to it. Okay. Yeah, you know, my, my thought, you know, because I've always said, hey, the reason we have a government is, that, you know, it's not to keep people from being evil. It's to facilitate people being evil. And the, and the, I agree uh, with that too. The, I mean, yeah, basically like the whole, it, it, like people are evil. That's not why you need a government. It's why you have one in the first place. And so it's like the fact it exists kind of proves the point that people are like, you know, overwhelmingly evil at, at least enough to allow or maybe not evil but sinful and clearly sinful enough to allow that you know stuff like this to exist not only to exist but to you know they use it for their own self-serving ends like hey who's gonna pay for my kids education who's gonna pay for my welfare who's gonna pay for my roads and bridges who's gonna pay for my cops you know i, you know, I want to socialize all of this responsibility out to other people and 
when when you're arguing to people that oh actually the private market can take care of this the reason that falls on deaf ears is because that's not the function of the state the function of the state is to help you socialize that responsibility out to other people mm -hmm. and you know and by the same token that you know socialize that out to you and the idea is that you're spreading that cost around kind of like insurance and really you're not it's you're getting like robbed and defrauded and they don't quite get that part but the, the whole reason that this thing falls flat on his face is what you're telling people is that, oh, no more predation. You're not allowed to do that anymore. But they're like, but I like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that that's the reason that your logic falls on deaf ears. It's like, they like it. Yeah. It's like, they, yeah, again, it's Moreau's, you know, they, they want it. Yeah. It's, it's not just that they, they want it done. It's not that really that they want it done to them. It's like, they want to do it to other people and you know, they're hiring specialists. You know, there's like they yeah. want to focus on their thing and they still want to do the predation. But, you know, they they want to they want to hire a specialist for it. Just like, you know, I don't need to, you know, grow my I, you know, I'm not a farmer. That doesn't mean I don't need food or mm -hmm. that I don't want to buy it. You know, it's just I'm not specialized for that. I, I do other other things. And, you know, it's not that uh, most people are peaceful. It's that they've outsourced their predation to professionals. Well, so 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 with that explanation, I can kind of bridge the disagreement I had with uh, 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 straight Andrew <laughs> uh, to to what you just said. We're all straight, um, here, it's fine. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I guess like so, my initial pushback was that like I actually feel like for most of society, they get along with their with their neighbors and live in sort of a, a pseudo anarchy already. And although there might be some some fear and sort of like trepidation if a state were to like dissolve and they'd be like, oh, what the heck are we going to do? I don't think that like that would result in like people going like, hmm, there's no state. What am I going to do? Oh, I know I'm going to go around and, you know, kill and rape all my neighbors and stuff. Like, I don't think no, that would well, follow. But what would, no. but yeah, what would follow is kind of what Andrew's talking about, which is that I'm going to well, be a state. <laughs> well, well, and then we're going to have you know, yeah. state wars. Then well, we have, not we even have a thousand little Negans all, all over the, the, the country. Well, trying, you know. I don't even know if it's even that. I think it would be that people would outsource it because people would be like well what are we going to do like we need something we need something so they would who's going to build the roads right exactly so they would just instantly go no back to lights. right they, they like it's not that uh if we like had an instant transition to anarchy like here's the thing if you don't uh, create a culture of people who would sustain a a true sort of like um like like natural anarchy if it's just a forced anarchy it will revert right back to the status quo very yeah, quickly there's pent-up demand there yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the essential thing is that hey that you know the, the state that we have is not just fed by one demand function it's fed by two demand functions one is like the actual demand because you know i'm outsourcing my demand for statecraft to professionals it's also that i'm a little bitch and i have pseudo de and i have pseudo demand where i can't stop you and yeah. so, you know, basically this is like, it, it functions exactly the same with the fact you can't stop me in a permissionless protocol that functions exactly the same as, uh, as, as a regular demand does in the, in the private market. So the, uh, so this thing is fed by two different demand functions. It's never going away. And so what you need is like a corporation that can contain it and yeah. actually translate it into, you know, something that's, you know, better approximates the natural order well, and, and, and i, I, I think, promise no utopia is that i should say hey this is going to be better and to me the the true cure to to statism as as we 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 know it and as we oppose it really is like the church 
actually fulfilling its calling and and truly acting out that that you know the, the love that Christ had to us and us having that love for the world and in when corporate. when when the and when the church does that and it goes out mm-hmm. there the demand for the state will go down but when the church is failing in that the demand goes up and and i've i've thought this for years um mm-hmm. but for some reason it, it, the argument well, that seems started to with the uh, that started with the the reformation the reason the reformation really took off the way it did was that for centuries you'd had the catholic church and the and the pope primarily as kind of like the international lawyer and peacemaker for all of the kings of Europe. And they were kind of getting, and the kings were getting sick and tired of not being able to, you know, do state reptile shit. And this idea (laughs) that the Pope's like, oh, you actually have to like, you know, respect the people's natural rights and stuff like that. And it's like, fuck is this? And so, you know, like Martin Luther comes along and, you know, well, is Machiavelli came first. Machiavelli is like, well, you know, you don't actually have to, you know, like follow the Pope. You know, it's like if you actually did it this way, you'd be way more powerful. And that that like, you know, was where we got the naturalism from, you know. And so ba- naturalism being the idea that I just completely reject the uh, existence of supernatural. Like, so basically everything's just nature and there is no God, basically. It's it's the prototype of atheism. It's the forerunner philosophy of atheism. And so the uh, and there, there are several different types, but Machiavelli's was like the atheist kind. So, you know, he, he, so he's like sent his, like the prince and all his writings out to all the Europe. So all the kings know it. It's like, but I still can't, I still got this problem in the Pope. And, you know, so what happens with Martin Luther and he comes along and he starts like actually really being able to, you know, rhetorically cast doubt on the Pope. They seize on this and they're like, oh, there's my opportunity because now, oh, well, there's multiple Christian churches, you know, multiple, you know, there's multiple truths. You know, I'm just a statesman. I'm just a king. I have no idea which one's true. So, you know, freedom of religion. And there mm-hmm. you go. And that, that was, you know, because the, what, what freedom of religion really was, it freed the the uh, the kings from the pope. And, and also the, and, but with it, the feudal lords. And because when you freed up the feudal lords and the oligarchs underneath the king, they rose up to overthrow the king. And this is how we got the republics. Well, and then so, I'm, I'm going to say something to really, that, that'll piss off some of my uh, atheist libertarian friends. But then when atheism came around, the state said, ah, now that's a religion we can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, yeah, you know, state, you know, uh, la- like laicism or secularism is state atheism without the name. And, you know, this it, 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 when you're saying that, oh, I can't choose and therefore I'm going to choose nothing. Well, OK, nothing is a choice. So uh, like and there and there it is. You chose no God, no and, religion and not at only, all. And not only and, is nothing a choice, but like nothing is a destructive choice. I mean, there's a reason why in, in the like the, the parable of the, the talents, like mm-hmm. it's not that the, the, the lazy servant who did nothing was just like scolded because like the, the you know it's it's not good to be productive like he called him evil yeah. <laughs> like like doing nothing you is just evil. wasted like, right yeah. i mean be, you be hot or cold if you're lukewarm i'll spit you out i mean it's just this this sort of passiveness and, it, and it's tough because again well, how it, 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 go ahead well there, there's there's this kind of like uh, war going on in language, right? Because like there are some things some libertarians say, and it's like, well, I agree with that. But when you use that term, I think it means something different than when I use it. You know what I mean? It's like You're talking about it, Ace again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all of my disagreements with him come down to like terminological disagreements. Yeah. Usually, sometimes there's there's real fundamental differences. 
but normally well, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like when 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 like a when if you're a christian um and you run into like a mormon for the first time and you're like huh well they they seem to be saying the same yeah. thing we're saying kind of i think and yeah. then you look more into it you're like uh, maybe not okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe not <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm not familiar with Mormonism enough to you know talk about that. But well, the, oh yeah, there, there's a lot of there's it. a lot of things that were like Mormonism will use the same like phrases that that Protestants use, but it they means sound like Christians. different things. Yeah, it's not. like it's all, actually Mormonism is almost like a um like I don't know if th this would be a little a weird flex because Mormons are usually more right wing, but Mormonism is almost like they they they're they doing something right. They well they they co opted the left tactics of subvert of subversion basically because like like the way that they work is they try to they they larp as christians basically by subverting all the christian language and and culture but basically like underneath of it is a cult that's completely not christianity because it's a it's a it's actually a fundamental denial of the, of the gospel if you want to get into it because it completely destroys the biblical understanding of, of who Jesus is and what he did, but that's a conversation for a yeah. different time. Yeah. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I can't speak to it. I'd, I'd like to go, I'd like to go back just a little bit. You're talking about, about the, the parable of the talents and all that. And, and something, something jogged in my mind about the pro that versus the prodigal son. Like how, how do we balance on the one hand, God himself, Jesus saying, you know, that someone is evil for wasting what's been given to them. And then we had the prodigal son on the other hand saying, you know, we're, 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 it's a, it, it's supposed to be the father talking to, talking to any, any Christian, right? Like, yeah, yeah you've wasted everything, but I still love you. I'm going to welcome you back. Like, I yeah, think I so, so here's, oh, here's I where I can exactly throw, uh, well, well, let me, I'll take a shot at it first. I think there's almost there a example of like the sunk cost fallacy, which is like, listen, God hates if you do nothing. But if you just go, ah, well, you know, God's mad at me, so you know, I'll just continue in my doing nothing because I've He's already mad at me. I don't. It's like no, like like there's, there's no, a reason why, <laughs> right? Like 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 God's always outstretching His hand, hoping that 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 we you know we will repent and turn back, um, because it's like, you know, like the only thing worse than all the rebellion you've mm -hmm. done up up until this point is continuing yeah. it for one more day. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, add, you're just adding, you're digging the hole deeper. Right. But the, uh, you know, like with the parable of the talents, like if you do nothing with it, you're definitely losing out to entropy. You know, second law of thermodynamics doesn't go away. You know, that uh, you know, entropy always increases. So, you know, when you're doing nothing, you're losing to entropy like, well, and, by and, default. And so with the prodigal son, you know, the way I would square that is like, let's, you know, move into a monarcho capitalist society where you have a prodigal son who squanders all of his inheritance or, or whatever. Well, hey, I still need to hire fry cooks somewhere. <laughs> fry cooks and baristas, you know, I got a, I got a monarchical capitalist society, you know, yeah. I was like, I, so yeah, he's welcome. Yeah, welcome back. Here's your job. And, uh, you know, put on your apron and show up promptly at nine o'clock or you're fired. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, you know, the, but yeah, I mean, it's like your life is going to have consequences actions have consequences and bad actions have bad consequences no shit and wait wait, the, wait, wait. Uh, are you saying if you love somebody that you don't like you don't shelter them from the consequences of their actions well no what you would say you know that, <laughs> that would not be justice you know, but again god is love but love is just huh. so when you so when the uh you know, teenagers so, can't make life-changing decisions before they turn 18 i know right 
Wow. Yo, it's like, what do you mean I can't cut my balls off when I'm sick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like when, you know, God wants you to come back and that's the thing is like the prodigal son didn't get any sort of, you know, welcome back until he actually came back. And mm. so the, so the mm -hmm. idea is that, okay, you're out there, you're in chaos and now you're like, God, this chaos sucks. You know, it's like, this is not, you know, this is liberalism. It's not what I thought it uh, up to be. And now I got Fauci on the TV telling me I'm not allowed to go to eat, to go to Thanksgiving dinner. So this liberalism thing sucks. How about I go back to the thing that worked, which was Christian monarchy. And we're going to, and we're going to try and we're going to say, Hey God, please take us back. Please, you know, be our King again. And so we can find And so we can forsake you and go ask for our own King. But the, anyway, anyway, the idea is that, Hey, you can, uh, uh, it, like you had in order to actually get, you have to come back and be worthy, you know, but not like worthy, but like you have to at least repent and say like, I'm sorry, I want, you know, help me restore order in my mm -hmm. life. You know? And so, you know, the, the, uh, like, it, like the way you actually deal with a drug addict, this is the, uh, the, the, you have the homeless industrial complex and then you have, I'm uh, forgetting what they're called is it's like something street, you know, where, you know, they're like two very different approaches. One is like just completely enabling where you're just giving them stuff. You're giving them the, the clean needles and all that. And you're just enabling the homeless guys. And there's another one I'm forgetting about Curtis Yarvin. He, he uh, yeah, pointed it out one time that like the way this, uh, you know, particular homeless uh, thing works is it's basically like authoritarian control. It's like, you're not allowed to talk to that person. It's like, if you're a bum and you don't want to be a bum anymore, you go to these people and they'll help you get your life together. Like they're all, all former bums and you know, they're, they, and the way they do it is just, they just like apply authoritarian control to you. Like, don't talk to that person. You're not going to sit You're You're going to be right here at this time. And you, you know, I'm going to you know, sketch out every single part of your life for you. And you will make no decisions because let's face it, you suck at this whole decision-making thing and you, and they're helping you restore order to your life. And this is kind of the way I would see stuff like that happening in a, in a mon cap society, because, you know, it's, it's like, like this is about, you know, promoting order in society. Love definitionally promotes order, you know, that because the order is what God is. That's, that's what order is. Yeah. And so it's the image of love is proper order. These this two, is, these this is one, of those moments, one of those moments where, where someone gets triggered by something that you said, but I'm gonna let you hash it out. Um, unlike most people, I think, um, what, what you just said sounds a lot like you'll own nothing and you'll like it, you know, a la great, great reset. So could be what's, what's and, well, what's the difference there? Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not into that, you know, but, but like, I'm, I'm tracking uh, with you on the drug addict thing up until the point where you say, I can't own anything and I like it because you, know? you can own the, well, two things, you know, one, you could own the shares. Uh, you could easily own your own property and just contract out to the, to the uh, private state. That's fine. And you know, they, uh, and it, you know, theoretically it's going to be bad for their reputation if they just overthrow you, you know, violently. Sure. And you know, that's, that's not great for the reputation. Yeah. Theoretically, that's a, that I, I don't really think it is, but the, there are two other things that you can, that you can do. One is you could actually say, okay, I'm going to have my own private covenant HAPA style and my covenant will then, you know, cov you know, a contract out to, to the state. So now I actually do own the land through a covenant, you know, <laughs> through my private covenant, you know, like the, you know, like the, the covenant of Israel, you know, like that. I mean, hey, it is a it is an anarcho covenant, and now that just the the, the covenant would contract then uh, uh, with the private state. And the third way is that you could just own the private state. You could own shares, and they're never going to attack their shareholders because that's a quick way to get their get their shares like short sold. 
because that, and that's also a, a uh, another wonderful thing about why I think a mon cap society would necessarily be one that would you know extinction war is that you know well well what is war it's the single most unprofitable thing you can action you can get so if like if your whole bit business is to make profit like the worst possible thing you could do is hey let's go on a mass murder campaign you know spend tons of money and yeah and destroy you know all kinds of wealth when i could have just bought it you know what i mean that's like it's so sure. much cheaper and easier to just buy it you know that uh like you could and it, like let's say it's like okay they're a hostile you know there there's a, a a state next door and you know obviously like they're they're not selling well what do you do hostile takeover you know it's like you just buy the shares on the on the market and you uh you, you just you just buy them and, and it's so much cheaper and easier than going to war with them and you get way more profit on the back end you know and we're and uh, everyone kind of leaves happy because you know hey they, they're happy to give it up for a price everyone has a price but don't you and don't so, you think don't you think that if if you had one private law society and another private law society mm -hmm. operating under different rules and one did a hostile takeover of the other wouldn't the one that gets bought out view that as warfare no, it's like they're getting paid for it. You know, it's it's like somebody like paid for it, but they're but they're losing their ability to self determine. Like, uh, well, was I mean, I'm, I'm sure that was that was uh, you know, they took consideration of that before they sold. All, you know all I'm mean? gonna say here is, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. Go to bed, <laughs> David. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, but yeah, so if you you know. No matter what, and by the way, there's also like the other human factor that you know. Remember, like, okay, like when Caesar and Pompey were you know still co-consuls in Rome instead of like killing each other. Uh, well, what? Well, the the way they secured that was because okay, you're a big big general with lots of military men who swear loyalty to you, not to the Senate, <laughs> to you personally, and uh, so the Senate can go fuck off, you know, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so but both these guys have massive armies and how are we going to trust each other given that we're, there's only two of us. So there's no like third deal, deal uh, there's no like kingmaker or anything like that. There's two of us. How do we, you know, get along? Well, what happened? What was uh, Caesar's like, well, I have this daughter named Julia. And how about you go? How about she, uh, Pompey marries Julia? And it was working really great until Julia died in childbirth. And so basically that was how they said, you know, and this happened all throughout the middle ages, what, you know, where, Hey, I'm going to marry my, my daughter off to you so that we don't have to kill each other. Now take that, you know, now, again, the problem with that is there's really very, very little redundancy. Like you only have one Julia. So what happens when you have, you know, shareholders who now you have a separation of ownership and management of government. So now I have like billions of Julia's. You know, yeah. who are like instead of one human shield, I have billions of human shields. So now I have a lot more redundancy in the system. So, you know, if, if there's an idea like, hey, what if I were to like, if I'm a state, and what happens if I want to nuke a city? You know, it's like, well, I'm necessarily nuking like my shareholders. Uh, like, I don't really right. want to do that yeah. because I, I'm nuke, I'm nuking like all the hostages. What you're and my doing shareholders is basically what you're basically doing is engineering peace by making it so that anything but peace is a lose for everybody 
Like yes. there's no like anybody who tries to break the peace will instantly be will be uh, not just a like like a l- losing like in terms of like their life, but like oh, yeah. they will lose their power because like you know I mean like shareholders are going to be like uh, this isn't good for business. You're losing us money. Mm-hmm. Like you know they're, they're going to be instantly stripped of whatever authority they have, and the people that are are more responsible with those resources will be and if to the top. and if somebody like you have a public state that doesn't have these incentive. And they decide to attack one of the corporate states. Well, now I've I've also ensured mutual defense because you get, again, all the hostages are right there. So it's like, okay, hey, my son, you know, lives in this place that's being attacked by a state. I need you, you know, to uh, you, Mister Private State, to go join all of the other private states and gang up on their ass and nuke them, <laughs> or something like that. Right. And yeah, because hey, this is a private society. There's still private nukes. <laughs> that's not that's not going away. But yeah, so the. Uh, like yeah so you've basically engineered a situation where you know you know, like you know anything that isn't love you know is you know not really incentivized it's or at least there there are strong countervailing incentives against it so it's like it's not that it's zero you know but like there's strong countervailing incentives against it that do not exist in any meaningful form right now so because it's like, okay, like, why is the, why did, like, I mean, think like with Iran, like, why would you never make a treaty with another republic? Because the next administration can, can come in and just like, nah, I'm not doing that. And it's like, you made the deal with that guy. You know, it's like, when, you know, when Obama had that, uh, that deal with Iran and, you know, and Iran was, you know, correctly said, hey, we want everything up front because we know who's coming in behind you and we can't possibly trust them. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, that was why that happened. And so Trump came in and it's like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. And so Iran was smart to say, yeah, we want to, uh, you know, have, you know, our part up first. So the, uh, yeah, they, they uh, yeah. So, but when you have a, 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 like kind of a moncap society like this, you don't have that problem because everyone's correctly incentivized and you, and, and, but, you, and you, so not only do you have strong countervailing incentives, you also have, you know, cheaper options, cheaper, better, higher ROI options. So, I mean, so, and that's another problem you have, like, where, like, classic states like monarchy, there is no restructuring mechanism. Like, what happens if you have a bad state, a bad monarchy? It's like, you're kind of shit out of luck and hoping he gets invaded by a better king. And, you know, and then there's the whole invasion thing, which is still a problem. But, you know, like, hey, if you have a bad company that's, you know, down on its luck, well, this is what Mitt Romney's for. Not, like the vulture capitalists or whatever and the the uh the guys the restructuring guys they come in restructure your company sell off parts of it that are just not working sell off assets and load you up with debt and whatever whatever it takes to make you profitable again and you have a sh- and because you have a shareholder mechanism it's done easily you know you're just like you just share sell them shares you take out some debts and you give these guys the ability to make some that de- make better decisions for you and they you know, reorder your life kind of like you're the homeless bum and yeah, and you can do that with a corporation. You can't do it with a monarchy. You know what I mean? It, it's part of the problem here, like where maybe like people are deaf to to to, to a lot of because I think a lot of these ideas, like especially the more we flesh them out, just make perfect sense. And I often wonder why why so many so many people get maybe triggered by them, or at least are you know not willing to take them seriously. I feel like part of it. To, to kind of get back on the the, the I, I can, message I can of Christian in one sentence, I can say it because they reject God as their king. Well, yeah, that's a, that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. But, Sorry, I didn't mean no, to steal so, that point from you. But well, ahead. but so um, 
uh, a friend of mine, Stephen Rose of the Anarcho Christian podcast, just recently did an episode entitled Monarchy. And he kind of went through, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good episode. He kind of went through, um, uh, kind of did a summary of Papa's democracy, the God that failed, you know, said, you know, okay, yeah, you know, monarchy better than democracy, but, but you know, monarchy is still not good. One, one of the things he said, though, I found to be uh, incorrect. He was like, you know, it's wrong to con- conceptualize Christianity as as a as a as a religion of monarchy because he, he which I was like, yeah, I, I, I was like, I think I think you're off. I, I was like, you know, and, and Stephen's usually pretty spot on with things. Yeah. But I was like, this is a, a, an area where I had to disagree with him. Um, but I was like, to me. And, and it's like so his conception and I, I agree with it and, and, and I'm kind of going to attack him with his own argument. He says, well, um, you know, Jesus is our king and that's the vertical relationship. But all the horizontal relationships are, are, you know, in a biblical sense should be an anarchical. And I'm like, but to me, I'm like, yeah, but see, you can't have the, the anarchical horizontal relationships without the monarchical vertical relationship. Mm -hmm. Like they depend on each other. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have that authority. And so I think what, where people get, they they miss it's that, yeah, they reject God as King. And then also it's like, it's in the same way they're rejecting God, they're rejecting the proper uh, role of authority. And what they're doing is conflating freedom with freedom from authority, which is not what liberty is about. Like liberty is about authority. Yeah. Liberty is about freedom from tyranny, but not freedom from authority. Um, and, And in fact, I think, you are the most free when there is the most um, just and competent authority present. And there, there's like, you can have an anar- anarcho tyranny, 100%. And anarcho tyranny is not freedom. Mm-hmm. So, I that, think it's a, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it says, hey, the truth, you know, the truth will set you free. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is found, there is liberty. Who is the spirit? Love. You know, it's, it's, you know, the spirit is God and God is love. So the, uh, and another way you could, you know, kind of quickly prove this is that, you know, that why, I, and why I call, you know, corporations monarchy, it particularly is, well, okay, uh, is God a trinity? Yes. You know, and God is also a king. So that Trinitarian structure is king. You know, it's monarchical. And, the and even if there's you know volunteerism there, he's still king. So if the if the corporation is like you know has to like voluntarily get you to hand over your money, it's like that's still monarchy. Yeah, well, and, and because you know, this Paul... is, and it is the proper kind of monarchy. And you know and you know in you know in Catholic, I, you guys agree with the definition too as Protestants, but uh, where uh, you know the Catholic version that you guys agree with of, of, of liberty, it's not that you have uh, freedom from all constraint or that, or freedom from all compulsion or whatever you want to call it. It's that you have the freedom to choose the good because only the go- only the good, only love does not carry constraints. Sin being, intrinsically yeah. carries constraints. Well, yeah, being free from the state to be enslaved to sin is just like, you know, I've, I've traded one slave master for another. There's there's yeah. no victory that, that's been achieved there. They're not um, even, go- they're not even like golden handcuffs. They're like, you know, cheap <laughs> cast iron handcuffs. They're heavy and they hurt your wrist. It's like, it's like, there's, there's nothing Shackles. good about this. There's nothing, yeah. There's nothing redeeming about about this. So why, you know, why, why do I, you know, it's like saying, okay, I'm free to sell myself into chattel slavery. It's like, it's like you want, it's like you call that freedom? Yeah. It's like it seems kind of paradoxical. You know, it's I, I, I mentioned to, I said to Ace, you know, I see this as like, 
you know, you're seeking freedom in the same way that like, you know, you're seeking chastity by sleeping with the football team. Like it's literally the opposite of well, what and this doing. is something where sometimes even like you know some of my fellow Misesian Austrian libertarians will kind of miss the mark a little bit. I mean, it's good yeah. intention, but but they think that uh, libertarianism is fundamentally based upon individualism, and I'm like, it's just I, I think no. like I, I think I get where they're coming from with that, and I could you know I I could if I don't want to get into it, but I could steal me on that argument well. But the problem is, like, if so you have, if your focus, if you, like, if what you put at the high of your hierarchy is the individual, that is pathological, I think, at the end of the day, because um, we're, yep. we're not meant to live as isolated, atoma, like, atomized Atomic individuals. Atoms. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's just not. That's not how that's not how we work. And like if it's if it's the individual, it's like, well, why stop at the person? Right. Especially if you don't believe in God. Like if you take yeah. religion out of it, you have individualism. It's like, well, why stop at the person? Why not go down to the, the cell or the atom? It's just like, you know, why is it arbitrarily? Because like because honestly now and, and some atheists, like, I feel like atheists just reject this out of hand. But to me, this is a serious contention. Like if naturalism is real then free will is an illusion. Consciousness is an illusion. We are just giant bags of meat and chemicals and chemical reactions and highly evolved stardust. It's like, what, what, so why does what I'm doing on this level matter more than what's happening on an atomic level or on a quantum level or what's go bigger on a, on a, on a, on a planet light level or a universal level? It's like, if there's you can't, nothing to, you can't if, even have individualism without borrowing from our worldview. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't get to you don't even get to the individual. It's like, like because let's face right. it, it's like how did the individual even come into existence through other people? You know, it's like how did he get like raised from a baby? Where you're, like they and uh, you know like by other, by his parents and individuals and and you don't think they owe any that the that their kids owe their parents anything for that? Nope, nope. I'm like okay, well clearly you're not using natural law. So how did you get to this idea of morality? And then like oh well I use natural law. And it's like, well, okay, you have like some dumb bastardized version of, of it that is absolutely inconsistent. And it's it's like not even a it's, this is not a coherent version. So it's like, the, it, you know, it, the, uh, the idea of natural law is that, okay, you can tell by how man's nature is, you know, th that how he's kind of supposed to function. It's pretty, it's so stinking, uh, you know, the, it's funny because Thomas Aquinas was like the idea that you know, from man's nature, it, you know, that morality becomes so obvious for how we're supposed to, for how we're supposed to work. And I kind of took it, you know, the opposite direction is not only is it so obvious that, you know, the, of how we're supposed to work, but, you know, it's so obvious that in order for me to, you know, evade that, I have to be really, really clever to figure out, figure out a new system of morality. So I don't have to do that, <laughs> which is exactly actually what happened as that, uh, you know, and, and that now you have like libertarians who are trying to come up with a new system so they can ignore how you know natural law actually works and like they don't want to have any sort of positive unchosen obligation that they actually have to keep because like it, right another yeah, thing that's a major that, issue another like, thing like it, the, the cancella cult does which i'm just like this is so retarded it, it is like the, you know they say hey promises don't exist you know it's like oath you know six thousand years of hey we've settled on how this oath keeping thing works works this is a functional part of, of our civilization that we're founded on and they just want to throw all of that out the window and say okay you, you know you don't have to keep your promises anymore if you tell a lie that's totally okay 
And what it yeah. ignores is that you have an obligation to tell people the truth because well, exactly. otherwise and you, it's fraud. And, and, it, it, happened, and you are your brother's keeper. Like without that positive obligation to your neighbors, you cannot have liberty. Like, and, and people will go, oh, well, that's positive rights, bro. It's like, listen, so? I'm not going to force you to love your neighbor. But if you don't, you will not have liberty. So, like, it, this isn't about, like, me trying to, like, like backpedal well, it into some kind of... To the, uh, it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, with like, okay, it, you know, it's like, oh, so I've given, you know, like kind of like that Bane meme that I keep sh sharing. It's like, I've given you a really sound, logical argument for why I own myself. <laughs> right, and yeah, Bane's and like, this gives and you this power gives... over me? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, of course not. It's like, you, you, need, you need Batman for that. And... <laughs> Yeah, and it's like in the same way, you need you know, as a kid, you need your parents. Like the kid has a natural right to his parents' work. So wait, and is Elon Musk our Batman? Is he the hero we deserve, but not the or, no, is the hero we need, but not the one we deserve? I don't know. I'll have probably. to think about that. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, the but yeah, like the this idea that hey, though no, by the way, now because a, a child has a natural right to both his parents, mother and father. It's like okay, well now I just threw you know all of you know their homosexual and trans garbage out the window, because that you know I just established a natural right right there, and they're just like oh I don't know I don't know, and they're just utterly incoherent about how about how they apply their 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 laws, and so I'm just like I, I don't take them very seriously. Well, and the other thing is like to have a low time preference for the future means, and and Jordan Peterson actually breaks this down brilliantly. He's like. He's like, to do what is right isn't just to do what's right on an individual level. You have to incorporate, yeah. is, it, is it good for me? Okay, you start there, but then is it good for my family? Is it mm -hmm. good for my community? Is it good for society? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, you, you have to analyze it at each one of those levels. If you just start with that first one, like, is it good for me? Okay. Like, well, that just, you know, this is also, how, this is, this is how you end up with, you know, these generations of, of, of kids being raised without their parents. Yeah. It's like, oh, was it good for me? It was my individual right. I didn't have to do it. It's like, yeah, well, while you were, you know, freely celebrating your individual right to like abandon your kids and stuff, like you've, you're fucking society. Like, like you're literally, and I hate to be vulgar, but like you were literally like, and it is, yeah. I, I don't know if it's exactly Vi like violence towards society, but it's pretty damn close. It's antisocial, yeah. very antisocial. Because what you're doing is you are making society radically more unsafe. You are making it a radically less safe place to live. Farmer costly, I farmer chaotic. You know, yeah. it's like what could you know? You've done manifest bad for everybody. Everyone else's life just got harder because you're an asshole, yeah. and and you're an untrustworthy asshole. So maybe they don't have to associate with you anymore. But even then, now they're losing out on your production. And so now their life got, you know, that much harder anyway. And, and, so and, and I know this isn't, you know, from the Bible, but, you know, I, I've always loved the Spider-Man story because the whole line with great power comes great responsibility. It's like, you know, th that that is to me a, a very, a very biblical lesson, like like yeah. with great freedom and with great power. Like there has to be the highest amount of responsibility with that, because if you if you don't take that responsibility on voluntarily to preserve mm -hmm. that 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 freedom by the proper use of power and, and to claim like like Spider-Man doesn't run away from his powers. He's like, oh, it's too much power yeah. for me. Power corrupts. Absolutely. I can't have this. I have to give him up. Like, no, it's like no. he takes that power. And he says, no, I was given this power for a reason. And it's to 
to do good to society, you know, to, yeah, to, it's, the, it's the difference between the, the hero and the villain archetype. The villain takes power for evil and the hero takes the power for good. One purifies, one corrupts. Well, and, and almost, and almost the hero doesn't take power. The hero is given power. Like the villain takes power that's unearned. The hero, you know, either through circumstances or others is, is given uh, power and kind of like, yeah, almost like not seeking it. And it's, you, it's like, unless you're Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, uh, I mean, where it's like, what are you, you know, without your armors? Like, I don't know, billionaire playboy. <laughs> right, I'm yeah. like, okay, it's still, pretty, it's still pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, if you are like, it, it just assumes that, okay, you, you have no coherent foundation for where you got your, your your morality from you just kind of made it up yourself so it's like this is just your personal opinion and the the uh, whereas like if i can you know i can point to like human nature and say well clearly here this you know man is a social animal we are designed to live in a society we are not you know, we definitely don't birth ourselves so it's like but like off the bat you're throwing self-ownership out the window because you know at, you know at least from that point of view because like you didn't build that you didn't create that. You, you did not create yourself. You did not raise yourself. And so if you're, if you're going to go, go on, well, now I just automatically own myself because I inhabit myself. It's like, that's that you're confusing ownership, which is a moral claim yeah. on a piece of property with you know, inhabiting it with squatting. We, basically. we earn self-ownership. Yeah. And you, and the way a child, you know, in like, at least in the Christian idea, the way a child becomes an adult is that they actually start taking care of themselves. And it's like, yes. I, you know, I, I am no longer the obligation of my parent. And no, and not only that, I'm able to do it for other people. Like that is the mark of adulthood is when you're not only, you're not just self-sufficient, you are sufficient excessively, you know, to the point where you can take care of other people and make good on your, on your obligations to the rest of society. Yeah. Because again, man, as a social animal, Un we're not individuals. Unearned so. freedom is like the most dangerous thing you can give somebody. It's like unearned and power. Any, and anybody who disagrees with me doesn't have kids. Oh, like a hundred percent. Like, like the only way you can refute that is 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 that you have never been responsible for another human being because if you ever have been you know that unearned freedom is a really dangerous thing to give a child i mean so and and, and that's, well, it's, that's it's power without responsibility it can, it can be yeah. dangerous for the child itself like yeah if they haven't earned that freedom then they they can be dangerous to themselves oh easily and the and the idea that that uh by the way, you know, when that child grows up and you grow old, it's like they need to start taking care of you because, you know, you, like you are the uh, like they, you raise them, you put an enormous amount of investment into them. And that you're know, basically in the in the natural order, your kids were your retirement policy. So you had a really good incentive to be nice to them, love them and, you know, and invest properly in them instead of investing in your own lifestyle. But you, you don't know, need that anymore. We have we have Social Security. It's like yeah, and you know, it's gone over well, like a lead balloon. Social security has like in the same way that like like good food luck paying stamps and welfare <laughs> has like caused single motherhood. It's like it, there's also mm -hmm. been like social security and all this stuff that's been aimed at old at, at the elderly has sort of destroyed um, not the nuclear family maybe, but like sort of that like the the the, the more like multi generational family that that yeah. really is supposed to be there. 
And the, uh, and again, it's like when, when you do again, they're using force. So you're automatically out of love. That's not, that's not love. And so now you have, you know, unproductive behavior and you have, uh, and the more unproductive and the, you know, what's worse about it is that it incentivizes you to be even more unproductive and even more counterproductive where I'm going to have way more kids outside of, outside of wedlock for the budget's sake. And the, uh, and so now, like, you know, again, this love sin paradigm really, really works well. Whereas like the aggression, not aggression pa uh, paradigm just doesn't work at all. As like, it's so utterly reductive and simplistic that it misses entire classifications of other activities that are necessarily unproductive and counterproductive to human civilization. So the, uh, I think this is like, you know, what's kind of like the post-libertarian moment is when you realize that you know, libertarian, like libertarianism as it's like formerly constructed, you know, is just, is, it's the, it's the, uh, the apotheosis of liberalism and it does not work at all. It's like, this is the distilled purified form of liberalism and it doesn't work at all. It needs, you know, Christianity, you know, it has to borrow so many things from Christianity in order to get it to work. And that's that, you know, and that's all extrinsic. And it's like, if you, and if I'm borrowing nearly everything from Christianity in order to get my one thing to work, why not just like adopt Christianity? <laughs> you know what I mean? As like, why not just be a Christian? And so the, uh, so, so I hear that. And this is, that's basically the same argument that Adam Patrick made when I had a conversation with him a while back. And and I guess mm -hmm. like my only pushback is that like, well, I mean, obviously I, I'm not even a pushback. Let me start by saying, well, like, duh, like obviously I want everybody to be a Christian and that, that comes first always is, is trying to preach the good news to people, but there's always going to be people that reject it, whether it's they reject it forever or they reject it temporarily. And so, you know, insofar as that's true, it's like, well, if you're not going to take the whole thing, if I can get you to at least, you know, uh, you know, bite onto the uh, you know, like if you're not gonna try, try to think of a good analogy here. Um, if you're if you're not gonna play, if you're not gonna read the entire book, at, re at least read the spark notes. I guess I don't know <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. It's just um, well, if, you know, I, if, if you're <clears throat> not gonna be a Christian, at least live in a monarcho capitalist society, which is like necessarily Christian. <laughs> Right. I guess it's like, you know, if you're not going to believe in what the Bible says and in the, the revealed the revelation that that uh, that we we all believe in here, that's in God's word and what Jesus has done. It's like, well, I can't make you do that. But like, I still want to live in a society where like we're not uh, where we can peacefully coexist. And so, you know, there has to be mm -hmm. something there. And this is like, this is, this is like, and, and like, we're getting near the end here. And this is an important conversation that needs to be had maybe uh, the next time, unless we can condense it to five minutes. But like, <laughs> like the, 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 to me, there's like, there, there's a baby in the bathwater of the concept of the separation of church and state that I feel like has to be rescued. Cause I understand the criticism that, that like you oh, and others you in the, in the in like the the, the, the post libertarian or praxian crowd have and it's like but but at the same time it's like um i think that there is and like maybe secular mm -hmm. is the wrong word but like there like to me the church needs to be the church and government needs to be government and i'm not saying that we as yeah. christians should mm -hmm. walk away from government and not try to influence it but we can't turn government into the church because it's a disservice to both of those different spheres that God has, God has, you know, definitely ordained both of them, but, but yep. we have to keep them separate. 
Yep. And the way you, and the way you do that is you say my property, my choice. It's like, okay, it's my property. So we're not, so we're going to do, you know, Catholicism here. We're going to do reformism over there and Islam on somebody else's property. And, you know, but on my property, we're doing the Catholic thing. And this is, you know, this is owned and operated by a Catholic. And so the, if you and don't the, like it, you can leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can leave. And, you know, and you have a signed contract that says, if you don't like it, leave and I will physically remove you. And so, and so the way you, uh, you, and so what ends up happening is that, okay, well, the state said, you know, instead of saying, well, you know, I'm not trying to get away from the Pope because I want to be a bad guy, you know, and instead of doing that, they're like, well, I want to make a profit. So which religion is actually the most productive? Christianity. <laughs> so, and, you know, and then they can figure out, you know, from there, well, which, which uh, sect of Christianity, when you apply it, actually like raises profits the most. And so the, uh, and you know, that, but from right there, you will get to like a good Christian society that is extremely properly incentivized by both the church and the state, because now the state has an incentive to really look into hardcore and figure out, you know, which of these actually works well. And again, love is necessarily productive, is necessarily profitable. The whole way that value is created in the first place is a derivative of Christian love. Again, value for value traded, you know, create more value because the love is necessarily fruitful. The fruit of the spirit and spirit is love is itself da -da 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 -da, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness. Basically, so love creates more love. It is its own, is, it has its fractal relationship with itself. And so it necessarily creates more of itself in the same way that value for value creates more value. So when you have, so the states now, instead of like trying to, to get away from, uh, you know, Christian truth, now they have a, 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 a strong incentive to really seek it out and figure out which one's which. And so from there, you know, you, you know, one of us you know, is going to be right. And, you know, the other guys are going to be like, all right, well, he told us so. So the, uh, yeah, so but that, I, I consider that a really great problem to have. Like, I really would want to know which you know version of uh, Christianity is the right one. You know, because you know, I want I love God. I want to follow Him, and you know, I want Him to be my King. And because I want Him to be my King, I want my government to look like Him. You know, so it have that has that Trinitarian structure, and I want my church to you know look like Him and also have that same you know same or similar Trinitarian structure. And so the. Uh, this is the way I solved that to, you know, to where, okay, we need a church to civilize the state because God knows what happens when we don't have that. Well, <laughs> you know, and and to be clear, like, a, and I think that government and church should work mm -hmm. together, ideally. Mm -hmm. Like to me, I would like to see the government uh, prescriptions towards people who do crime to be less punitive and more mm -hmm. uh, well, um, based on re rehabilitation and who better to do that kind of rehabilitate, re um, you know, rehab. rehab than the church. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, there I mean, might be like to. slight examples where you might need specialty, you know, like, you know, I mean, for, for the especially mm -hmm. violent criminals, maybe you need, you know, something different, but for the most part, I think the church can fulfill that role. Um, you know, like instead of having all these, because I know there's been like, and Bob Murphy goes into this, you know, like the different like private prisons and competing and stuff. And I guess eh, that's one option, but I think a better option yeah. would be, you know, it's like, oh, you, you, you know, you committed a crime. It's like, um, well, we're going to, you know, your, your one chance is you got to go and, uh, 
you know, live in the monastery and uh, <laughs> and and they'll yeah, and they'll set you like, straight. You owe people a debt or something like that. If you if you steal, like in the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament, when you steal when you stole something, it wasn't that like your hand got cut off or anything. It was that you owed them a multiple of what you stole. So if you if you stole one chicken, you owed them two or something like that. And you know that properly you know paid them back for their cost in coming after you and the cost of their trouble but it also disincentivizes you you know to you know towards the, uh, stealing something because now you know the known cost it's like for the to steal one chicken it's a i have to you know the risk is that i'm going to pay back to now i can calculate with that as a criminal and decide that ah eh, you know the risk probably isn't worth it because i would need to be able to uh you know steal basically uh three over you know basically uh yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to get get away with it twice for every uh, one time I get caught, basically. And, you know, it's like that, you know, and my chances are just not that great. So it, it doesn't, the math doesn't make sense for me to be a criminal. And assuming criminals do math, but they can kind of do basic math, like, you know, one and two, you know, they, they can yeah, do that. There's really smart criminals out there. Yeah. But the, uh, most criminals are morons, but that's because, but the problem is there's an ignorance of the law because the law is so god awful complex. So there's no point in trying to learn it, especially if you're going to break it anyway. <laughs> and the, uh, but if the law is really, really simple, like it would be under a corporate law, you know what you signed up for. And again, you, know, again, you had the contract and uh, you know that, okay, if I, you know, steal something, then, you know, I'm going to have to repay a fixed multiple at, of however much it was. You know, I can, you know, any criminal can do math like that. And you would have, you know, all kinds of uh, advertising for that. And I'm sure, you know, you'd have, uh, you know, enormous security, like such an arbitrary level of security. Because again, this proper, my property, my choice, if you don't want to live in, in my security state, then, you know, that's on, that's on you. And uh, that's, uh, you know, you, you're, you have my permission to leave. And the, uh, and so, yeah, like, but what, whatever will happen, because again, love is, love is profitable, you know, what, whatever's going to be most profitable is going to be whatever actually, you know, does the best kind of Christian love. So we're going to figure out what works, you know, in terms of like criminal rehabilitation and, and more likely it's going to be a lot more like criminal prevention, you know, like the criminal's not created in the first place, you know, to where, Hey, you don't have bad families that lead to mental disorders and anger issues and shit prevention like that. Prevention is better than cure. So prevention, yeah, the, it's the way church, cheaper. the church, because the church, as much as the church can serve as rehab, the church can also, prevention. you know, the, the primary, you know, I agree. The primary function should be like, people don't become criminals in the first place. <laughs> and like, and like Ideally. Darwin makes this point that like, you know, in Elizabethan England, you know, like the, you know, the difference in crime rate between like London today and London and like Elizabethan England is like a, there's like a 4,000% like violent crime increase, you know, in like the 200 years. And so, you know, what happened? It was like the family fell apart is what happened. You know, you had a, a whole bunch of wars that contributed to that, but you know, again, war, you know, it's like, it's like, this shit's not going to, this shit is just not incentivized here. And, you know, it's a completely different system that, you know, manages its resources, humans, a whole lot better because again, love is profitable, you know, and we want to make a profit. That's what, that's what humans are here for. And uh, yeah, it works. It, it is. So it's like, I, I see like this, like kind of mon cap system as like kind of the, the next generation of like the ANCAP society. And there's several ways you could work, you could work it, but generally like it solves all of the problems and it gets you back to a Christian society because let's face it, this shit, Christianity works. Yeah, this thing works really, really splendidly well. You know, for you know, from the time the the, the Ice Age ended, 
you know, we, you know, fast forward about 10,500 years, we got basically nowhere as a species. We were still brushing our teeth with piss in Rome. And, you know, and then like a thousand and then like 1500 years later, we're talking on, you know, StreamYard. You know what I mean? The, uh, we're talking on the internet. So something really, really worked well with, with uh, Christianity to where like we created all of human civilization. And so like 10,500 years, zero progress, zero profit. You know, people are living on like a dollar a day. You know, most people live on like a dollar a day. And now we get, or, or, or less. And then now we're living on, you know, quite a lot more than that. Some of us more than others. Wait, I think I mean, and, Jacob and, is doing a great job. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> what I, I, love, I, I love what, uh, what I think, uh, not that Tom Woods was the first to make this point, but Tom Woods was the first one that made that like, uh, where i discovered this was like the the point being made that like the industrial revolution came out of catholicism not the islamic golden age yeah exactly <laughs> like mm -hmm. he just got the book right there ready to whip out and show all of us <laughs> but I, i've been that, that book it that times. book is a game changer i mean it wow. really is i it's mean the, it's like then it shows like hey the uh like the monks actually invented the blast furnace you know like 200 years earlier and then henry the eighth decided to destroy it because you know when he expropriated the church <laughs> so the uh, basically the blast runners was the th was how we made like really really good steel because you couldn't go from i from like just like cast iron to steel you know without a blast furnace and this was like the main invention that spurned the industrial revolution so in other words you know henry the eighth set us back in you know technologically by like 250 years by destroying the the, the blast furnace that had been invented by uh, some of the cistercian monks i want to say in you know in england and so you know, it's like, it's like they were really doing great things and they inv invented all, you know, you know, basically all of the scientific disciplines are invented by like Catholic theologians. And, you know, the scientific method itself and science itself was originally called natural theology. This <laughs> first name was natural theology. And so like we really changed things around when we got this whole Christianity thing going. And, you know, it's like, well, why wouldn't we go back to that? Because it, it clearly it works. So you know, it's, it's clearly profitable. So let's just like go back to that. And because this liberalism thing sucks and this Republican thing sucks. I, it just does not work at all. And, you know, support me at Mises GOP if you want to go back to all of that. <laughs> MisesGOP.com forward slash donate because we're actually setting that shit up. It's going to work. It's going to happen. Yeah. I wanted to read this quick because this, this, sure. um, this, this fits in and then we'll, we'll wrap up. But uh, I was I was arguing with a, with a Lawbert uh, a couple days ago, and and they made this like snide remark to me, and they were like, uh, in the middle of their dribble, they said, um, uh, "You don't get to try and herd people into your," and they said, "It's not really uh, your views because you take your cues from an ancient text," and so I responded with, "Yes, I take my cues from." a thousands-year-old tradition with a deep history of philosophy and science where your views are informed by a leftist cult groupthink formed by the last half uh formed in the last half century by ped pedos we are not the same burn <laughs> Ooh, boy burn yeah. I, I was like, like yeah oh read, yeah, that, like, read that one again i like hearing that that, that last part <laughs> do it again <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like it's like yeah, like a deep like like Catholicism is like like why is it a like I was like you think it's a burn that that I take my cues from 
a something that's old ancient a tradition years. that's like what it's I was like, like yeah it's like this has worked for three and a half thousand years how could you possibly follow it right <laughs> like are you yeah. stupid and uh like this thing is you know responsible for building all of human civilization and how could you possibly follow it i was like are you just like dumb it's like tell me you're historically illiterate without telling me you're historically illiterate so yeah, the, yeah and uh but yeah so yeah I, I think this is like this is like the the point you know, uh, of like the post-libertarian moment, which like the thing I guess a lot of us, uh, my, my group is all known for is that once you've understood that liber you know, the apotheosis, the distillation of liberalism, that, that is like libertarianism, not only does it not work, but everything that works about it is borrowed from Christianity and they have to borrow quite a lot more from Christianity in order to get it to work. It's like, why not just, you know, go back to that? You know, like the, this is, I, I could say the, the post-libertarian moment is the moment of counter-reformation. This is the moment where, you know, we realized that we, it wasn't the enlightenment we should have been conserving. It wasn't the constitution we should have been conserving. It was Christianity we should have been conserving this entire time. And let's go back to conserving Christianity. So let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that in, in a way, my, uh, my Twitter handle is a little bit redundant, Christ Built Liberty? Christ pilled liberty. Well, I mean, where the spirit of the Lord is found, there is liberty. No, no, I think it works, man. No, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we, um, I would usually have more time, but we started late. So I yeah, got to cut out here, but, uh, this was a great conversation like always. So, um, yeah. I appreciate both of you, uh, coming on again. Um, uh, before we wrap out, well, I'll give you guys both a chance to, I mean, Andrew kind of already did, but go ahead and like, mm -hmm. like do it again, give your plugs and stuff. And then other, other Andrew, you too. Well, you can see my uh, Twitter handle on the screen. I just uh, had a three-part series so far with uh, LB Muniz, who is the like the scribe for the post-libertarian moment. We are doing a, a live reading of a book called uh, They Have Uncrowned Him, which traces back the entire history of liberalism from uh, Machiavelli, from, uh, from Luther, and traces it all back for, you know, to the Protestant Reformation and then to liberalism and then and then onward. And it makes specific predictions about how this uh, how everything's going to play out. And it's so funny because it, like it was, you know, written back, you know, the popes back then were like extremely based. Oh, my God, they're so much better than Francis. And the uh, way, way better than Francis. And yeah, the uh, anyway, and they were just making one specific prediction after another about how this thing was going to end up in totalitarianism and like a concentration camp like society and how it's going to be a real like just shit show. And, you know, he's tracing back all of all of this, this author and it's so good. It's so lovely, lo lovely based <laughs> that, uh, you know, if you if you love making like the lefty Lalbert's cringe, this book is for you. And so this, you know, we're, we're three chapters in so far. And oh, my God, is it is it great? You can find that uh, that three part series on my channel at, uh, you know, Popular Liberty. And the first I think the first episode I you know is titled uh, Liberalism is AIDS. Because that's actually that's actually a, a title, a quote from the book. Liberalism is COVID. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, and the third chapter we did, you know, was kind of the topic we just discussed this uh, discussed about uh, debunking separation of church and state and why this is a completely counterproductive idea. Yeah, we need to do like I mean we did a good job there, but like next time you're on, yeah. we need to do a, a a deep deep dive into that. I think. Yeah. Because that's an important and, topic. 
Yeah, you I'll guys are going to be saying your three Hail Marys a day by the time I'm done with you guys. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <sighs> you know, the, the, you know, right now, my the, the only thing keeping me from, from making the plunge is that there are no good Catholic churches near me. Oh, like, yeah. I, like, oh, like there's nowhere for me to even dip my toe in. Like the one there's one literally 10 seconds from my house. Like I could walk to it. Um, mm-hmm. but it is like a den of leftists and, oh, God, and, it's the worst. and off. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it, the worst. It's, yeah. It's, it's not good. It. They, they, they don't even hold, they're still not holding indoor services. They give the Eucharist outside to people. Oh my God. What? Yeah. Oh my God. And yeah, but I mean, luckily these guys will sort themselves out in a generation or two because they don't reproduce. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if, you, if you want to, and yeah, it's like this, the Catholic church's mechanism is the you know, institution is designed to take advantage of this fact that they're not going to reproduce. And the guys who are really like down hardcore with the faith, the hardcore Catholics, six or seven kids minimum. So my, so, I'm, always telling, I'm always telling like the, my, my Christians, like, listen, like we don't need to punish degeneracy. It punishes itself. Like sin is its own consequence. Like they just die out. <laughs> Yeah, just exactly. need to separate from society and have a bunch of kids and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We're going to yeah. out reproduce those leftist bastards as we can keep them from stopping. Hey, hey I'm kids. working on I'm working on number four. So I mean I'm I'm definitely very Catholic right. in that in that sense. I mean good job. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a ring on it in, <laughs> I'm putting a ring on it in two weeks and we'll be working on it right off the bat. So oh you guys are the out. best. Uh these are this is these are my kind of people. Four kids and putting a ring on it. P- lovely. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh uh, Christ build Andrew. Uh, give your plugs quick. Yeah, you, you see my my handle on there on the screen. Um, stay tuned Af- after my wedding. I'm gonna be working on some stuff, some side hustle stuff that I'm gonna want to plug because I I don't want to be a a wage slave very much longer. I want I want to be truly free in my life. So uh, I want to work for myself. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'll 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 talk more about it when time comes. Awesome. And of course, you can follow me at Biblical Anarchy. And uh, if you want to financially support the show, just because uh, I've had a recent job change and so finances are a little bit tighter than they were before. But I want to I want to continue to, you know, host conversations like this and continue to uh, grow the show. So if you want to go to patreon.com slash Biblical Anarchy and, you know, just throw me three, four, five bucks a month, you know, that stuff adds up and, uh, you know, it, it enables me to have a bit more financial freedom to continue to put out content like this. So thank you guys again for coming on. And, and if, uh, if you're listening to this in the far future, you might have to look, look up on Twitter for biblical monarchy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. And All Christ right. Built monarchy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> take care. y'all. Yep. Take hey, care, everybody. No, If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.